0: Well, I'm so grateful to be able to be here and to share my heart with you this morning. Let me just pray. Holy Spirit, uh, we need you. Would you give us ears that can uh, hear? Would you give us eyes that can see? Would you give us hearts that are soft to be able to receive whatever it is that you uh, want us to receive today? Through Jesus, we pray. Amen. So we've been in a series at Believers on how to come to a knowledge of the truth. And we know that uh, sometimes the truth can be hard to find. Um, I've been thinking about the nature of deception, and the nature of deception is that you don't know that you're deceived, right? So this pursuit of the apprehension of truth an understanding of truth an application of truth, it, it can't be for believers, it can't be a side hustle, Right? This has to be our, our lives. You know, we, we know from Matthew 7, th- 13 through 14 that the path that leads to destruction is really wide. It's really easy to find yourself on. But the path that leads to life and flourishing and peace and freedom, it, it requires our attention if we're going to find it and walk in it. So we have been talking about how do we know what's true? And so in this series on truth, we discovered that the truth is actually a person, that it's not just about apprehending concepts or developing um, competence and understanding concepts, but knowing the truth is actually about putting our trust in a living person who is able to say to us, come and follow me and I will make you. A person who is able to send his spirit, who is The person that leads us into all truth. So as we seek truth, we're actually seeking a person. And as we've continued to talk about that, we've discovered that the best person to come, the best way to come to know this person who can lead us into truth and freedom is through his his written word, Scripture. So we are pivoting now and focusing on Scripture. Let's see, how do I do this? There we go. And I Um, I'm going to talk today about how do we interpret it, how do we come to know its true meaning in a way that is beneficial for us. And I was actually supposed to share this talk several weeks ago, uh, but the best possible thing happened. My son Hudson uh, came about uh, two weeks early, and so I texted Guile frantically from the birthing room and said, Guile, you've got two days to prepare a sermon. (laughs) I am... I am so sorry, but also I'm so happy at the same time. I thought you guys might want to see a little bit more. That's our little guy, our little guy Hudson. Yeah. So how do we interpret Scripture? Guile gave a really awesome talk about arriving at author's intent, and we know that because Scripture is written a couple of thousand years ago and, and many more years ago than that, if you go to the beginning of Scripture, um, that there's actually some skills involved in interpreting it, that we have to arrive at something called author's intent. What did the author intend for us to mean? And that's actually more important than this thing of personal significance, because if we're not getting to the perspective from the actual author, we're going to be deceived. Um, But as I have studied and prayed, what I feel like God is placing on my heart to say is really simple, but it's really important, and that is that our heart posture in coming to Scripture and our life response, the way that we respond to Scripture as we read it, is actually as important as our ability to arrive at the author's intent. I want to say that our heart posture in coming to Scripture and our life response are critical if we desire to interpret Scripture correctly and to know the truth Our heart posture and life response are at least as important as our intellectual ability to determine the author's intent and the amount of time that we spend in Scripture. You know, in our culture, we tend to think that people with a high IQ have an edge on truth. And I'd really like to challenge that notion today. I want to encourage you that if you've struggled in school, You know, if you don't consider yourself exceptionally intelligent, if you don't feel like the Lord's gifted you with the real ability to apprehend concepts, I want to encourage you and promise you that if you will apply what we talk about today, you can know the truth in a way that will set you free. It's really important. So here's the question that I would like for us to explore today. What do we learn from Scripture about how to interpret Scripture and arrive at the truth? What do we learn from Scripture about the kind of heart posture in coming to Scripture that will allow us to actually benefit from the words that we're reading? What do we learn from Scripture about the way that we respond with our life to what we're reading in a way that allows us to understand the truth, and guys, as, as I've been doing this, as I've been applying this question to the scripture, I am seeing something that I will never be able to unsee, and my heart cry today, and my prayer is that you would see it too, and that we would be changed. So can you agree with me with that desire? Holy Spirit, would you guide us into the truth? So let's jump in. The context for this passage here is that Jesus was moved with compassion, and he healed a man, and it stirred up anger in the religious leaders. And the audience here, the crowd that Jesus is addressing and that we're in the passage we're about to read, it's made up of people who know the scripture well, and it's likely people that have been highly trained in how to interpret it. They, they, they're, they're skilled at arriving at the author's intent. All of the, all of the tools that you'll learn in a seminary, they were taught, right? So let's read this together. And the Father who sent me, this is Jesus, and the Father who sent me has testified about me himself. You have never heard his voice or seen him face to face, and you do not have his message in your hearts because you do not believe me. The one he sent to you You search the scriptures, you pour over them, you read them, you devout, you search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life. But the scriptures point to me, yet you refuse to come to me to receive this life. Your approval means nothing to me because I know you don't have God's love within you. For I have come to you in my father's name and you have rejected me. Yet if others come in their own name, you gladly welcome them. No wonder you can't believe for you gladly honor each other, but you don't care about the honor that comes from the one who alone is God. So, just a few observations from this scripture here. We can search the scriptures because we think they give us eternal life. That's verse 39. And we can not have God's message in our hearts, not have God's love in us, reject God, live for honor from man and not care about receiving honor from God. That's a a big deal, right? (laughs) So what do we learn from this scripture about how to interpret scripture? Time spent in scripture does not guarantee good fruit in our lives. We can have a head full of information about scripture without a heart that is able to hear God addressing us through the words. And we can have a head full of information about Scripture without a life that has been transformed by Scripture. Amen? So this begs the question for me, and I hope that it begs the question for you. If it is possible to spend a lifetime in the Scripture, having been trained in how to read it, and not arrive at the truth, and not receive the the blessing of scripture, the blessing of the truth, then what else is required? Isn't that the question that we want to ask? What else is necessary? What else do we need? Well, let's continue to bring that question to the scripture. This is Jesus again. Then midway through the festival, Jesus went up to the temple and began to teach. The people were surprised when they heard him. How does he know so much when he hasn't been trained? That's encouraging, isn't it? If you didn't go to seminary or you don't consider yourself especially intelligent, Jesus wasn't trained in the way that his culture valued. They asked, so Jesus told them, my message is not my own. It comes from God who sent me. And listen to this, verse 17. Anyone who wants to do the will of God will know whether my teaching is from God or is merely my own. Those who speak for themselves want glory only for themselves, but a person who seeks to honor the one who sent him speaks truth, not lies. So what do we learn from this scripture about how to interpret scripture? Anyone who wants to do the will of God will know whether my teaching is from God or is merely my own. So having a heart that desires to do God's will will enable us to be able to discern what is true and what is not. There's something about having a heart that desires to do God's will that opens up his words to us. In case this scripture leaves you feeling a little powerless, I just wanted to encourage you that we can pray for this kind of heart. Amen. Lord, would you give us this kind of heart that desires to do your will? In my experience, as I begin to do God's will, My desire to do God's will grows. Amen. Well, let's keep going here. This is Jesus again. To the Jews who had believed him, they'd already believed. Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I don't know about you, but this is confusing to my Western mind. So Jesus is saying, you know, you've already heard it. You've already believed it, but you don't know it. And you're not able to experience freedom from it because you've not begun to hold to it and to apply it. Your life hasn't been lived in response, so you don't know it. And it's not setting you free. So what do we learn from Scripture, this Scripture, about how to interpret Scripture? Hearing and believing is not enough. In our life with Jesus, there are things we will not be able to know until after we begin to apply what we've learned. In our life with Jesus, there is freedom available to us that we will not taste of until after we begin to apply what we've learned. Has anyone experienced this in their journey with the Lord? We want to be doers of the word. Let's keep going. (laughs) This is Jesus again. All these have actually been through the book of John, in the book of John. As the Father has loved me, this is Jesus again, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. I love that that's Jesus' command. (laughs) Isn't that awesome? If you're wondering what Jesus is asking of you, that's what it is. Love one another. And then isn't it cool that our teacher, Jesus, he's not saying go and do something that I haven't done. He's saying go and do what I did. Love one another. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if I do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. Guys, This, I think what I'm about to say could really change our lives. Hopefully it's already changed your life, but it's changing mine. What I'm seeing in this scripture here, and I I won't go to my next slide because I just want us to be able to see it. Jesus is saying, that if you'll do what I ask, I will call you my friend. And what do I ask? I ask that you love one another. And if you'll love one another, I'll call you my friends. And I will tell you secrets. I will make things known to you. I will reveal hidden things to you. And what I'm discovering as I'm meditating on this passage, you guys, is that there is truth that is hidden inside of Jesus himself. There are things that will only be revealed by the king of kings. No amount of brain power or IQ will get at them. Amen? They will only ever be revealed. I was thinking about Colossians 2, 3. It's talking about Jesus where it says, In whom are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. John Mark McMillan wrote a verse in a song Off of that verse, all treasures of wisdom and things to be known are hidden inside of his hands. And what I want to say passionately today is you will not pry them from his hands. The truth that you are longing for, the truth that you need, that that is absolutely mission critical for you to be successful in every single area of your life is hidden inside of Jesus himself. And you will not pry it from him. He is a, a wise and discerning God. And this book that we read is a window into a person. And he sees our hearts. And he sees, he sees our lives. And he is seeking people who, who, who are trying not being perfect, not people that are perfect, but he is seeking people who have hearts of humility, who are trying to apply what he's teaching them so that he can make available to them secret truths. Amen? Isn't that frustrating to our Western minds? Isn't that good news for us? I, I, was, I was thinking, man, that is so cool. In Matthew eleven twenty five, 25, Jesus actually is worshiping the Father. He is so overjoyed because because the father is intentionally hiding things from the wise and the learned from the people that that they think that they've got it all together. They think that they're super smart because of how intelligent they are. Jesus is worshiping the Father because the Father is hiding those things from them and he is making them available to the childlike. He is making them available to the poor in spirit. He's making those things available to the people that are at the place of desperation and recognize their need and they're coming to Jesus not looking for some dusty doctrinal belief, but they're looking for a man that they can put their trust in. And, And my hope is that we would be those kinds of people. The kinds of people that Jesus can reveal truth to. So I hope to just pulverize all of our hopes that through self-strength and brilliance, we can arrive at the kind of life that we want to live. What Jesus is saying in this theme that I'm going to continue to explore with us through Scripture is that I, Jesus, am your only hope if you want to know the truth. And I'm looking at your heart. I'm looking at your heart. Anyone can know the truth. I don't care if you never graduated junior high. You can know the truth in a way that will set you free. If you'll respond to Jesus' call to come and follow him and let him make you, let him change you, let's keep going. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> there is knowledge that is hidden in Jesus himself and is reserved only for his friends. Jesus' friends, simply, is those who do what he asks. And then what does he ask? Love others the way he loved us. John sixteen thirteen. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. So what do we learn from how to interpret Scripture and arrive at the truth from the Scripture? Truth is something that God leads us into. Some things that I think are implied here, apart from the Spirit, we will not find the truth. Developing the study skills necessary to arrive at author's intent... That is really important, but it is not enough. No amount of brain power will open up God's word to you if your life is not yielded to God's spirit. Let's keep going. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true wisdom. All who obey his commandments, obey. will grow in wisdom. And, and I should say, I, I spent a lot of my life really afraid of the word obey. You know, if you're like me and you've come out of a, a tradition of legalism, um, maybe there's some associations that you have with that word, like perfectionism or God's anger and disappointment. And I, I just, I hope that, um, that this word obey can become a joy word. I know that um, throughout our believers' church history, the Lord has has had to baptize the word repentance and teach us that repentance is a joy word, that repentance is about turning from the things that are killing us and coming to our loving Father. And, and, and for me, obedience has simply become acknowledging, oh, it's such good news. I don't know how to live my life, and I have a good Father who's eager to show me, yeah. right? And so if that's you, if you're getting hung up on this word, obedience, I pray, I pray that, the Lord would baptize that word and 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 remove some of the associations that you have with it that that come from legalism and the fear of your father father 's disappointment um, but i 'll have to say there's there 's no progressing there's no there 's no living the Christian life without coming to terms with that word <laughs> and that idea of obedience. You know we know that as parents don 't we it 's not unloving or or hateful of us as parents to to really earnestly desire that our kids be obedient. I, I remember we had a little foster daughter in our home that we really loved. And, and I remember laying beside her as she was going to sleep and, and just crying out to the Lord almost in tears. Oh, Lord, would she, would she obey us? We, we love her so much. We just we want her to thrive. We want her to flourish. It would break my heart to think that she would ever experience any kind of hardship through a, a destructive decision. Oh, please, Lord, would she, would she grow up and learn to obey us and to obey you? Obedience is a joyful thing. So what do we learn from this scripture about how to interpret scripture? Humility and obedience come before true wisdom. I think there's a temptation in our information age to think that if we could just gather enough information, we'd be able to thrive. But it's really clear in scripture that obedience happens first. Amen. Let's keep going. I've been meditating on this truth in Romans 12 for a while. And so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and a holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And then look at this. Then you will learn to know. Have you ever seen that? I, I never noticed that. Then you will learn to know. God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. That's not the way that I've always thought about learning to know. You guys, I don't think that's the way that we learn to know things. But the Almighty is saying, no, this is how you learn to know. The kind of knowledge that is mission critical, if you're going to flourish in your life and in my kingdom, this is how you come to know it. So what do we learn from this scripture about how to interpret scripture? It's not until after we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice to God that we learn to know God's will, you know, or allow our minds to be transformed. Amen. So how do we we interpret scripture? We've got to bring a humble heart and an obedient life. I want to say um, again on obedience. I think uh, as parents, (laughs) I say that so boldly, like I've been a parent for a really long time. Uh, I've been a parent for four weeks and one day. (laughs) Uh, But you know, as parents, uh, (laughs) um, we're generous with kids, aren't we? In their attempts to obey us. You know I, I was thinking, and we did. we had this little foster daughter um, there actually weren't <laughs> there weren't very many moments where I did feel like she was really following my leadership that's probably my fault, not hers, um, but we're generous aren't we if a If a little kid absolutely destroys your house and ruins your carpet while attempting to obey you, aren't you pleased? <laughs> right? Oh man, this is going to take way longer for me to clean up than if you hadn't even tried, but I'm just so pleased that you're trying to obey me. Don't you know that this is what our Father's like? That He's just, He, he just, it just moves His heart when we're trying. We're trying to obey Him. We're trying to please Him. You know? We know that uh, our place, our position in the heart of the Father is secured through Jesus and the sacrifice of Jesus. And So, if we really want to interpret scripture in a way that leads to life. It's going to benefit us to learn some tools for arriving at in author's intent. But just as important than that, maybe more important, is that we bring a humble heart and an obedient life. And so I wrote a little uh, rhyme here that I thought we could say together. <laughs> Gile said, Giles always saying, try to do something to make it memorable. So this is my, this is my attempt. <laughs> This is, this is for you, Guy. <laughs> so let's say this together. If you desire to learn about God and his ways, then bring a humble heart and begin to obey. Let's say it again. If you desire to learn about God and his ways, then bring a humble heart and begin to obey. So, so here's a few takeaways. Man, I'm rhyming everything. Obey, take away. I was a poet and I didn't even know it. If I am eager to grow in my relationship with Jesus and in the knowledge of the truth, then an important question for me will be, is there anything that I know Jesus is asking me to do that I'm not doing? If I'm eager to grow in my relationship with Jesus and in the knowledge of the truth, then applying the information I already have must become at least as important as gaining new information. Is there anything that I know Jesus is asking me to do that I am not doing? Pressing into this is likely my best path to growth and understanding. And if you're like me and you're a perpetual book buyer, you know, and you just like learning new things, I think that's okay. As long as we don't fall for the cultural temptation to just continue to accumulate information and never apply anything. I I, I actually feel like this is maybe a stronghold and I don't know what that means. I, I, I just think it's important. I think it's really important. We have got to be doers of the word. We've got to recognize that, that, that real breakthrough in freedom doesn't just come like Jesus was saying in that passage earlier, through believing a truth or hearing a truth, but through holding to it and beginning to live into it. Have we really believed it if we're not living it? You know, with doctrine or with teaching Do we really believe it if it's not fleshing out in our lives? I just think that's a good question. I I don't think so. So as we set out to obey Jesus, I was thinking, you know, there are two things that will inevitably occur. We will learn quickly that we cannot obey him without his help. And this will teach us to rely on him. And it will teach us to become close to him. And man, this has been my experience when there 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 are places of intimacy with Jesus that I've not been able to know until I've started to courageously step into obedience and then he starts to reveal things to me and and, and, and as I'm trying to obey him, I'm I'm failing and I'm falling short and I come to him and apologize and, and it brings us close. We Learn to depend on him through courageously doing what he he asks. And and the second thing, as we set out to obey Jesus, something that will inevitably occur is we will fail. And then he will forgive us. Amen? And it will bring us closer. Isn't this how relationships work? You know, we, we seek to serve each other and on each other. Honor each other, love one another. Oftentimes we we fail. Man, I have (laughs) I don't think I've ever been more disappointed in my ability to love my wife than since Little Hudson came along. Man, there has been so much repentance and and failure and but it brings us closer. My wife and I were able to high five yesterday and say, I think that we were a team today. You know? (laughs) I think we were a little bit more of a team today than we were yesterday. Um, But in all of our other relationships, we expect to, you know, uh, occasionally disappoint one another. But then we repent and we receive forgiveness and it brings us closer. It's no different with the Father. Um, So if you guys want to stand, I just thought we could pray this prayer together and then I just had a little bit of an encouragement on my heart to send us out with. Um, So I thought maybe we could... We could pray this together, and then I'll give a little brief encouragement. Lord Jesus, I know that I cannot truly know you or the truth if I am not trying to obey you with the help of your Spirit. Is there anything you're asking me to do? Holy Spirit, please help me today. So let, let's just pause. We'll take about 30 seconds with that, with that question of, is there anything that you're asking me to do? Let me just pray for us, as we close. Lord Jesus, we want to be free. We want to be free indeed. We want to live the lives that you have for us. Would you close the gap in me? Would you close the gap in us between our our doctrine and our understanding and our lives? Would you would you would you narrow that gap? Would you would you seal that gap more and more every day, Lord? That the things that we've studied the doctrine that is accumulating dust sometimes in our brains and the, the truths that are sometimes accumulating dust. Would you close the gap between, Lord, what, we, what we've believed and, and, and learned in the way that we're living? And, Lord, I pray that you would give us courage. Lord, in, in John 14, 1, you said, Do not let your hearts be troubled. But trust in God and trust in me. And Lord, as trouble is actively seeking our hearts, Lord, as as fear and the temptation to despair is actively seeking our hearts, I pray that you would give us the courage to trust in you. Lord, as as the, the, the tensions in our nation um, continue to increase and as the cultural war rages, Jesus, would you give us courage to trust you? Would you give us courage to trust you? Would you give us courage to obey you even when it doesn't feel good? Lord Jesus, I pray, I pray that where, where my feelings have been in the driver's seat of my life, Lord, my feelings of, where my fearing, feelings of fear have bullied me, Lord, that, that you would enter the driver's seat of my life and that, and that your voice would be what directs me even when it doesn't feel good. Lord, would you give us the courage to obey you? And so, Lord, we receive your Holy Spirit Uh, that gives us the boldness to obey in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. We'll bless you guys. Um, I think this is what renewal is like, you know, when God's people start to live into these amazing truths that we read about in scripture. So let's seek renewal together in our own lives and in our body and all over the world. In Jesus name. Amen.